Welcome this week to the ATG Podcast with me, Chelsea, Brandy, Tanya, Keisha, and you. Today, we're talking about community friendships. So pull up a chair and join us as we reframe life one conversation at a time. Welcome. Yeah, this is going to be such a great topic. I'm so excited. I mean, because it's what we do. What we're, I believe what we're made for is to do life with one another. Um, so Tanya, will you just want to start us off? Tell us a little bit about what's going on with life right now. Um, tell us about life lately. I will. Both my kids are out of school. Uh, Zach finished up. We've talked about that. U of A, Lydia uh, finished up at UCA and she, I'm excited to say, is at Camp Silo. So she's going to be working there this summer. I'm really excited about this experience for her. This is a church camp that she has been going to since she was in the seventh grade. So it's a very special place. It is to special. Yes. And God really orchestrated the details for her to be able to do mm. this. So really, really pumped that she's going to just have a really transformative experience there. This yes. Year. Amen. Amen. Keisha, what about you? So today we actually finished kindergarten for my son, AJ. So that was good. And I had a whole program where they sang and danced. Of course, he had a great time. (laughs) AJ, for you guys that know him, he's life of the party. So he loves every second of it. Um, We are actually going to do kindergarten again. He uh, started young. He was a little young to start kindergarten. He has a July birthday and then uh, just needs to, we need to revisit some things and work on some things. So we're going to do it again, but he still got to participate in the end of kindergarten festivities today and, and had a blast. So that's good. That is awesome. That is great. All right, Chelsea, what about you? We had the jackpot. It was a success. We had a great time. The rain held off. Uh, our friend Wynn won it. Young kid. Uh, he's really doing great in his bulldogging career already. And really, we people came for the jackpot, but they stayed for the party afterwards. It was wonderful. Yeah, the yeah. church food truck was absolutely amazing. Everybody kept talking about how wonderful the food was from okay. the food truck. And it truly was. It was just delicious and fresh. And afterwards, people just hung around for the community. It was beautiful. For community, yes, absolutely. Uh, life lately for me... Um, I actually went to a wedding this weekend. One of our pastors at church got married, and we're really excited about uh, welcoming Scotland as part of our family here at the church, um, just to do ministry alongside of us and her newly husband, Tanner. So it was a really great time of being able to kind of be there with them and celebrate um, their marriage. So yeah, it's been good. All right, so let's go ahead. Let's jump into community. We talk about community all the time, whether we're meaning to or not. It's just part of who we are and what we do. Tanya, will you kind of start us off, you know, kind of talk a little bit about what community has meant for you um, and where you are in it? I grew up in a very non-traditional sense, so to speak. I always hate to give it the label dysfunctional because I was very loved. I was very cared for. I was very nurtured. However, my parents did divorce when I was very young. I was five years old. And with divorce brings level of uncertainty and anxiety that I didn't fully realize how much had even impacted me until I was an adult with a family and children of my own. And it really manifested in some relational insecurities in me and in my own dysfunction and anxiety and how I responded and reacted in relationships, particularly relationships that were the most important to me. 
the number one thing I have prayed for more than any other thing in my life is relationships for the members of my household, immediate and extended, and into my friend groups and communities to experience deep, loving, and authentic community. I long for those kinds of relationships in my life that are just sincere and genuine and refreshing and helpful and supplying. I was listening to a podcast. It's actually hosted by Lisa Turkhurst and co-hosted with a theologian and her actual therapist. The name of the podcast is called Therapy and Theology. And in this particular episode, and I'm not, I'm not going to get exactly right the verbiage that they used, but the premise of what they were saying is that in relationships, we are to be to one another reminders of Jesus and divine echoes of God's glory. I long to have that kind of interaction and those kinds of relationships with the people around me. And that's not unique to me. And I know that's not unique to me because of Genesis 1.27 and how God said we were designed. Genesis 1.27, God created mankind in his own image. That image not being that we look like him physically, but that we are like him relationally. We all have this deep need to experience that loving, authentic community. And the Trinity is the first example of perfect community. We have been fashioned for intimacy and to reveal God one to another. But yet, three out of five, three out of five Americans feel lonely. They feel unseen and unknown to face the hard things in life or even to share the good things. So the question, ladies, I bring to the table today is why is deep, loving, authentic community eluding us when we have been designed for it? Mm. Cool. <laughs> I told you I was deep diving. I love it so much. Number one, I want to answer that question with just, I love you. Gosh, thank you for just unlocking that door to your heart because that's what it's going to take. Yeah. Guys, that's what's going to take to find your people. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get vulnerable. It's got to go below level one, level two communication. Tanya just did that beautifully. I'm watching her unfold her story like a flower blooming and it's drawing me in and it's at the mm -hmm. same time telling my heart, Chelsea, it's okay. This is the same mm -hmm. person. She's willing to open up to you and be vulnerable. That means she's safe. You can open up to her and be vulnerable. Now, oftentimes that takes time. Obviously, I'm looking at my sister and I know beyond the shadow of a doubt, she's a safe place. Um. So I think we just get scared as adults. We're scared because of our past. We have a history that we carry with us. When you are a little kid, you ain't scared. Yeah. You yeah. see a group of kids and you're like, hey, can I play? And they're like, yeah. And it's a no brainer. You just become friends. We complicate things when we get older. Very true. Uh -huh. Very true. Because we, we get wounded, you know, the, the wonderful thing about community is the wonder, but then there's also the wounding, which 
causes that retreat and the walls to go up, which again, to answer the question, one of the answers to why is this eluding us would be the walls we build that are self-protective. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And one thing, you know, even to piggyback off of what Chelsea was saying, Tanya, is that there's so much self-awareness in what you said. Like you have to be aware of, because oftentimes we may, we may find ourselves just angry or that's, that's a main one is we just find ourselves angry at the world. And really we're just, we're just, dang it, we're lonely and we're scared and we don't know what to do. And we don't want to tell anybody because then we look some kind of way. We look pitiful, but it's just not truth. It's not truth. And so being able to have the self-awareness of, no, I'm not angry at people. I'm just really lonely. And so when someone says that out loud, it's that whole idea of you go first. And I love that idea because when you go first, that gives someone else permission to then follow. Like you saying, hey, you know what? I've, I've been wounded as a kid, as a, you know, and I was provided for all the things that you said that now gives all of us, even though we were going to talk about it, it gives yeah. us, Tanya, you set a tone because you went first. And now it's like, okay, anything else we say, it can't be surface level because we're going to look like punks. <laughs> so we sure. have to go there. I mean, truly, we have to go there and dig in a little bit deeper than what we may have even been ready to do, honestly, on this podcast as we record right here, right now. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm going to add on to that too. Just one reason why I think it's, you know, community can be eluding so many of us when we are actually lonely is for some reason, we just think that we need to make people think we have it all together. And it's, we don't want to let the walls down and let people know, hey, I, I struggle with this or I struggle with that. And, you know, I don't know if that's rooted from a place of fear. If we don't know if we can, or if it's just fear of, I don't know how they're going to perceive me if I open up. I don't know. I don't know exactly where that comes from. It may be different places for everybody else, but there's just some fears, I think, that just stop people from going to the next level. So, you know, the mom may see her friends at the soccer game and talk a little bit and kind of have a little lighthearted relationship, but sometimes won't take it any further and never get any depth to it because they're just scared to do so. And, and don't hear what we're not saying. You need to have a core group of people we're going to talk a little bit about Jenny Allen's book, Find Your People, that should be no more than one to five people. You do not have to expose yourself to the whole world. Listen, guys, when you put something vulnerable on social media, guess who you have a relationship with? Social media. Yeah, that's right. You you don't have a specific, tangible relationship with another face-to-face person when you broadcast your stuff on the internet. That's not what we're talking about. Right. Oops. We're going to talk about... Does that, does that mean I shouldn't have said all that? Touche. Touche. Yeah, no. You know what? I've gotten to a point in life where, you know, we are here to help make each other better and the best yeah. versions of ourselves. And if if Anything that we share on here could help someone who comes beside us or after us who thinks, you know what, I've been there too, then I'm more than happy and willing to be vulnerable and share. Because for years, I was that that was the person that Keisha was talking about that felt like in order to be worthy or in order to feel accepted or lovable, I had to be perfect. I'm an Enneagram one, so I'm a perfectionist at heart. 
And I felt like if I didn't have it all together, then I wouldn't be acceptable. But one thing God quickly taught me is, Tanya, if your story was exactly like you wanted it, it would be so boring. No one would ever want to read it. People can't relate to that. People can't connect to that. And it's the vulnerability that equals intimacy. You can have a lot of people close to you surrounding in your life and still feel very lonely. Yes. You are not willing to show them your deeper layers and your struggles and be vulnerable. Yeah. To steal a line from J.P. Pakluda, and we're going to talk a little bit about this later, there's really two choices. You have fake and you have authentic. And if you're going to be comfortable in your life with fake service surface level friendship that's what you're gonna get Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but everybody out here listening is saying no I don't want that yeah well let me tell you if you want the real thing yeah it's gonna be awkward sometimes yeah well yes you're gonna have to go first and yes you're gonna have to pursue other people to be your friends that doesn't mean you're needy come on yeah that means that you're deep enough to say, I'm ready to have people that are going to be there as I grow old, that sure. I can sit on a rocking chair on my porch with when I'm 90 years old if I make it that Yes. Far. Yeah. That I can be embarrassed in front of and just laugh about it, that I can call and say, I screwed up, mm-hmm. that I can call and I said, I sinned today, that I can, mm-hmm. you have to have people that need you and you need them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where do you, how have you gotten to the point to where you will allow yourself to let those cards down? Like, how did you get there? How do we get there? Desperation. I, I, <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say. 100%. <laughs> For me, it was just being in a place where my relationships were just not what I wanted them to be. I just felt very discontent. Now, you have to be careful with discontentment because Mm -hmm. if it's focused on you, that's going to lead to entitlement. And I've done that, too. You know, those anxious and poor reactions that I talked about in my adult relationships, I tried those responses, and that will get you nowhere fast to deep, loving, authentic community. But discontent, when it's focused on God, can bring you to a place of, God, I, I believe that you made these relationships more than what they currently are. I think you intended for them to be more in my life for them and for me. So, you know, show me, show me how to change my focus and to bring my discontent to you because it's always about him. It's never about us. And when I find myself disconnected or disenchanted with some relationship, the first, the first place God and I go together is, okay, Tanya, you got to check your motives. Mm -hmm. You know, are you just, are you just trying to makes you feel better or do you really have the genuine interest and good of the other person and this relationship in mind? Many times I've not. And I've had a lot of relational failures in my life because of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. I remember a time where, um, when I first got married, so where I live now is where I've lived my whole life for the most part. So when I was at college, and so when I got married, John, my husband, was not from here. But all of a sudden, because he has such a big personality and he's a gatherer and he's awesome. But like all of a sudden, I became John's wife and not Randy. And so that, like, I felt like I had what was, I mean, I would call an identity crisis. I mean, I, I was surrounded by just a bunch of men all of a sudden. And I just realized 
I looked around. I didn't have any friends. I would complain to to John, and I rem- I mean over and over again. And I remember him saying, "For crying out loud, go make friends." And I remember my response was, "It's not that easy. Like you have no idea." And for him, it is that easy. But for me, as a four or as more of an introvert, as someone who who is pretty care- careful with their words, and not that he's not. But just personality-wise, like I'm not a natural gatherer and those kinds of things. I am a lot more um, private uh, by nature. And so one time I just I just decided because of absolute desperation, I was like, I'm going to die here if I don't find community. And I remember as a grown woman, this is real life. I was after these people I know. I'm surrounded by people, wonderful people. But again, did not have true community. I remember sitting down at a small group at our church, being in leadership, looking at a lady that I've known for several years. And I said, hey, I don't have any friends. Do you want to be my friend? I felt like I was on a kindergarten playground. (laughs) Truly, my heart was racing. And seriously, my palms were sweaty. And I was like, all of a sudden, I felt this moment that just paused and I felt like rejection was about to hit me or she was going to laugh or I was going to get some weird response because who does that? Who does that? But I was so freaking desperate that I was like, I have got to have someone in this space with me or I just felt like I was going to emotionally waste away, truly. And so, you know what her response was? I don't have any friends either. I wonder if man yo i did that two times because it worked the second time i had enough courage to do it again <laughs> i'm just saying like it it's worth taking the risk and making it because yes could they have said uh okay and then just kind of laughed it off of course they could have but i think that when we choose to go first we'll find out that there are a lot more lonely people out there than what we really think that there there are you know what? If they don't reciprocate, that's yeah. God's provision too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's God probably saying this person is not the person that you're going to go deep with. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. That's there are right. many other people out there, and I talked to two different women. One yesterday, and the one at a wedding I went to on Saturday. And the overarching theme was they did not have community where they lived, and these are people that have lived anywhere from eight to two years in two separate towns and they are really striving to look for community and my one friend i was like mo why can't you find community you're so fun you're so wonderful she's i I try with people at work and i tried and then i found out she was in a 20-year relationship through the internet Oh, wait. <laughs> and so she was like, so I had to back up out of that one for a little bit. I mean, and, and I, she was like, but that that was God's provision. You know, it, it took me pursuing her to figure out she might not be in the right place mm-hmm. to have a depth of relationship that I'm looking for. Yeah. And Guys, listen, if you're not involved in a church, that is like a little pool of people 
that you have ready made to connect with. And they're not all going to work. They're not all going to go deep. But it's going to be a place where you guys are finding that common denominator of Christ. Yeah. And if Christ is the long-term goal, you're going to be able to find some intimacy with people. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I would say that our prayer for you all that are listening Truly, that as you're listening, that the Holy Spirit will start to reveal to you people that are in your circles that you're just kind of bring to mem- like to to a I get to your memory, like, hey, you know, maybe I could go a little further with this person. Step one, they've really been trustworthy, or we have some things in common. Like that's our prayer is that God will start to reveal those people to you, and that you'll be challenged even after this episode to go first to make that step to make those. Um, those connections and those relate those relationships a little bit deeper than what they are now. Yeah, I'm going to add to that, Brandy, because I think that's such a good point that you made and that Chelsea made is look where you already are. So if you're already involved in a church, that's a great place to start. If you you know go to a gym, look around at the people that you're around at the gym. If you go to the same coffee shop every week. Look at who's there. I mean, you're yeah. already in different settings. If your yeah. kids like to play, you know, with some other kids, are those moms that you could go deeper with? You just haven't yet. So just seeing where you are, who, what's your proximity look like? Can we work within that? Because that would be ideal. It's already there. Let's That's just right. take it to another level. That's right. Before we go into our next uh, second half of this episode, let's go ahead and go to our here to theirs. Um, let's see. Who's got one? The Here to There I Have this week is a book that we've referenced already. It is Jeannie Allen's Find Your People. If you have not laid hands or eyes on this book, I highly recommend it is a useful tool in your relational toolbox to just provide some framework of truth for building relationships, for honest self-assessment. And one thing that she reiterates that we have as well over and over is it takes going first. You cannot be willing to, to expect from others you can't be you can't expect from others what you're not willing to first give yourself and um highly highly recommend find your people and we will link that in the show notes yeah very good and fun fact i've never read it so uh maybe i should i'm talking about community um my here to there is the becoming something podcast listen to the podcast it is so good um we just, um, several, all of us, I think are all of us listening to this for the most part. Yeah. It's so good, you guys. And it's really geared towards 20, 30 somethings, but I am learning and I am gleaning and I'm like in it. I just, maybe it's because I want to be younger than what I am, but like, I'm just in it. I mean, one, one quote that has just continuously stuck with me is, is don't let things entertain you that put Jesus on the cross excuse me like what like and just the whole idea we know these things like what we put in our body is going to come out like these are things we've got to we've got to guard our heart we've got to guard our mind in christ jesus like this is scriptural stuff but they just really break it down and really make it so relevant to right where we are and it is so rich and it's so fun and it's just really really good stuff so i i actually pass it along to my son as well uh, to get him to listen to it so it's just it's just rich so if you're not listening to the becoming something podcast highly highly recommend it and we'll also link that in the show notes and bonus the last episode that they dropped 48 hours ago is what to do when you feel alone it would oh, be wow. a great couplet to this podcast there you go 
And maybe one day we can get J.P. Pacluda on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, listen, J.P., if you're listening, I did email your secretary. <laughs> oh, okay. And ultimately we were rejected, <laughs> but we will try again. But in the Lord, I'm claiming that it will work out eventually. I-T-L, yes, that's right. Okay, so this next part, let's just kind of really dive into some scripture here. Um, on community and some things related that really stand out uh, to you all. What do you What do you guys think? What kind of scriptural references do you think of whenever you um, are really digging into the idea of community and why we we need it? I have a verse that actually I I don't know that we've actually discussed this one yet, but it just came to mind earlier when we were talking, which is Second Corinthians one four, and uh, this is the verse that says who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves have been comforted by God. And I thought about just community and, you know, uh, recently we had another friend who uh, lost her mom and, you know, I lost my dad back in November and I felt like as soon as she lost her mom that I needed to step into that space and reach out and just send her some words because I just went through that. And that's hard. It's hard to know if you're saying the right words, but I just thought, God, you've comforted me. You've sent people who've comforted me. Now it's time for me to do that comfort for other people. And sometimes you kind of have to step out a little bit and risk it and hope that you say the right thing, but it's always better to try. Yes. Yes. That's so good. A verse that comes to mind for me is John 13, 35. At no other time do we reflect who God is more than when we authentically love one another. At no time are we more representative of who he is than when we will step into those hard places, like you just said, and just love well the people around us. Isn't that what we see in the New Testament develop in his disciples and in his followers? I mean, take Peter, for instance. Look at how Christ changed him into someone that was willing to self-sacrifice, sacrifice in the name of Jesus Christ. Totally transformed person where he's no longer looking at himself, but he's looking outwards at the people around him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and there's, it's jam-packed. I mean, the fact is, is from the very beginning of time, we were made we were created for community, to be in relationship with God and with other people. And that's the way we show Christ. I mean, it's it's all through from the very beginning of the book to the very end. Like that's all it's about and being able to take as many people as we can on the journey to what faith looks like, to what joy is. I mean, what is the kingdom of God? Righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For that is the kingdom of God. And being on this journey with others so that we can uh, take as many people as we can with us. And we cannot do that isolated and alone. It's really the only way we can do it. No relationships, no love. Come on. That's Truth. the whole goal. That's that's the whole ideal of the Trinity is perfect relationship, perfect interconnected self-giving love. That's what we're called to do. He knows we're going to do it imperfectly, but oh my goodness, when you are willing to lay down your life for your friends, and I'm talking 
I'm talking metaphorically, I hope, at least at this time. But it's it's the only way that the relationship is going to continue and flourish at a level that you never saw coming. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So as we kind of end a little bit here towards that, or come to the end of, of our episode, you know, can you recall, and we're about to, I'm just going to ask this question. Can you recall a really vulnerable moment in friendship where you knew that it just went to a different level? Where it was, okay, I'm about to share this, and you felt the air leave the room for a minute, and you waited in silence, and it was like, okay, what's going to happen next? And y'all, I just, I just literally just spurred that on them. They have no idea that was coming. <laughs> so this is real and raw. So I don't know. What do you think? I can throw one out. Probably <clears throat> a year ago. I, gosh, man, I was just having some chaos in my life. Deep chaos. And I called Keisha and I just bawled on the phone. I just bawled. She just listened to me cry. Like this kind of like the silent and then sob and then silence some more type cry. Yeah. And she just hung on that phone. Mm-hmm. And everything came back to not what she said, but she just was present and she allowed me to grieve. Yeah. And she was so empathetic. And gosh, we have walked through some things. She's walked through some things that happened before I ever knew her. And God is using those things to edify me right now in my season. Yeah. What a good God. Mm-hmm. He works it all yeah, together. Come on. It all counts. It all counts. So I'll, I'll give one. Um, I know I talked a little bit earlier about um, when I was talking about the friendship and needing to be friends with someone. This was not with my closest community now. So those individuals are still friends, but we're not really close. Um, But something that I've realized about myself in this season of life is that I am, and I mentioned it, just desperate for community and I need deep, meaningful relationships because I just feel like I I can't, I'm not going to be okay if I don't have them. And so then I don't recommend this for everybody. So this is a disclaimer. But I will just put something out there that is really hard to to handle and see if people run away. Because in the position I think that I'm at, that I am in at church, a lot of people want to want to be my friend. And I don't know that everybody can be that space for me, which we know that not everybody can. And so I'll just put something really heavy out there and just wait and see what happens. Let's see if it's gonna explode or if people are gonna stay in the room. Um and so early on in my friendship with Keisha and and Chelsea, you know, they had said, Hey, you wanna be, we wanna be your friend. We wanna be in this space. I was kinda like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna see. We're gonna see about that. And so I remember <laughs> that it's true. There was a time and it was through a it was through a text message conversation. And um I remember sharing with them a moment that let's see, I think my husband was gone on a trip or something. And listen. I have, I am, just so you know, I do not abuse substances. That is not a thing for me. Um, But there was a moment where 
a, a few months prior to, I had terrible headaches and I could not get rid of them. Like I took ibuprofen, nothing would help. Um, and then I realized, remember that I had like a narcotic from a, a dental procedure that had been done a while back and I didn't take any of them. And I remembered like, I've got to get some relief. And so I took one. And I remember when I fell asleep, I remember my body was like, I, that feels so good. You need more of those. And so anyways, fast forward for a month or so, literally I would think about that feeling every single day. Not that I did it because I did not, but I thought about it. And there was a moment where I was hurt. My head was killing me and I don't have like migraine. That's not a thing for me. It was totally an attack of the enemy. Like I'm fully aware of what it was, but I literally told him, Hey, look, I need you to be in this space and this is what's going on. And here you go. And I just sent it. And I remember like I typed it out and I looked at it probably three minutes. Three minutes is a long time to look at a text message. And it was kind of late. And I was like nervous and I was shaking because I didn't know them that well then. And I just sent it. And I and I just felt like I stopped breathing for a little while. But the response I got back was, hey, do you need me to come over? Or hey, you can do this. Like we're, we're in this. You're good. Like it was just not what I expected because I expected to run them off. But then I realized that can't get rid of us. That you realize we're like herpes. That's right. That's can't get rid of them forever. There, yeah, get rid of them. But I try to put more weight on them than what I thought they could handle, and about and and coming to find out they could actually handle the weight. So, and Keisha busted in. She was like, "You know, Exodus seventeen. Shoot, we Aaron and her, we holding up your arms right now." Doing I was it. like, "Dang, doing it." Well, and to that Erin and her point, I was just thinking we had a text conversation actually earlier today, kind of checking on Brandy, who just had a lot of stuff Brandy's going on. A mess. Brandy's a the towel maker. Him. Shoot. It's true. It's true. Tanya, um. it's true. But <laughs> it's, not... <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, There's got to be one. There's got to be one in every group. There's one in every crowd. Sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, but I, you know, just talking about that text message where Brandy was trying not to put some stuff on us, trying to kind of avoid. And we basically said, hey, we want it. And Chelsea reminded her, like, we're going to hold up your arms. Don't like if you don't want to give us more, then that's fine. But we're going to be here. We want to do that. And, you know, what I thought was really neat about that was Brandy apologized for not. As so I just thought, man, that's like a, just a beautiful little picture of of how friendship can be i mean and it, it's so simple right like hey we're here if we need you oh yeah that's right i know you, i forgot you are mm-hmm. yeah okay so the next time when something comes we know yeah okay so as we end here like we always do we want to end with what is for dinner so who's gonna go what's for dinner Bre- what we make it breakfast for dinner your favorite always true okay, we're gonna do healthy breakfast for dinner Kodiak waffles makes a premium waffle. This is a great staple for your nutrition, breakfast or dinner. We do breakfast for dinner probably once a week. Mm. What I do is I prepare Kodiak waffles in the toaster. Super easy. I air fry Applegate chicken maple sausage. So it's a chicken-based sausage, so it's a little bit leaner, but it's got kind of that good, juicy maple flavor. And then I fry some eggs or I scramble some eggs. And we have breakfast for dinner. 
It's perfect. My kids think it's a treat. They think that we're having a party when I make breakfast for dinner. And of course, my husband loves it because we got the meat and the eggs. And then we got the good waffles. There you go. That sounds great. All right, y'all. Well, that wraps up this community episode. Thank you all for joining us. Make sure you like and subscribe um, wherever you are listening. Uh, Thank you for joining us today. And we will talk with you next time. Friends. Bye, ladies. Love y'all.